I'm so glad you're here. It's so good to see you. Thanks for being in the house of God. Amen. Last week, I talked about how Miss Vicki and I spent a few weeks in prayer asking God for an advanced word or promise for this year, for 2023. And we talked about how God gave us Matthew 19, 26, which says, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And we took the last half of that verse, and we talked about it last week, and I believe that God has given us that promise for this coming year. With God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Not without God, but with God. And you ought to write that down. You ought to put it somewhere where you can see it to remind yourself throughout this coming year that God promised he would do the impossible in your life. It's your year for a miracle or miracles. Then we talked about what does it mean to be with God? You know, it's so easy to get up in church and say things and then you leave and think, well, what does that mean? We talked about being with God. Simply means what? Well, you got up this morning and you came to the house of God. So essentially, you are with God this morning. Now, that doesn't mean when you're in church, you're with God, and when you're outside of church, you're not with God, but you made the decision to walk in God's direction. And that's basically what God spoke to us. Listen, this year, you make a decision, I'm going to walk in God's direction. How do I do that? One of the ways you do it is by being in the house of God. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever day that is for you, maybe it's Thursday, maybe it's Sunday, I don't know when it is, but when you decide to bring your family to church, essentially, you're walking in God's direction. Every time you read your Bible, You make a decision, you're going to read your Bible. We talk about it all the time. What do we say? Hey, you don't have to read your Bible all day, but you ought to read it every day. You ought to feed on God's Word every day because it'll fill you with life and hope and strength and faith. When you read your Bible, what are you doing? You're walking in God's direction. When you pray, what are you doing? You're walking in God's direction. All prayer is is talking to God. That's all it is. Take time during your day to pray for whatever's going on in your life. So you're in church. You read the Word of God. You pray. You talk to God. You reach out to Him. You're walking with God. You're walking in His direction. Now, I bet everybody in this room can remember a time in their life when they were not walking in God's direction. I certainly can. I can remember in my young days not walking in the direction of God. I was walking in my own direction. I was doing my own thing, and I was not interested in God, and I was not walking in His direction. But Miss Vicki and I had an encounter with God, and it changed our life. And from that moment, we began to walk in God's direction. We were far from perfect. We didn't have all the answers. We still don't have all the answers, but we're still walking in God's direction. And it's so powerful and so simple. In 2023, if you'll just decide, hey, God, I'm going to walk in your direction 
I'm going to be in church to hear the Word of God and worship. I'm going to read the Word of God. Hey, I'm going to take a few minutes and pray. Every time I do that, I'm walking in God's direction. This last Sunday, we went to Trinity Fellowship to Zion, and we heard a man by the name of Chuck Pierce. And he shared some prophetic things. And all prophecy is, is he talked about the future. He talked about the promises of God and what God has for us. And he talked about something in the very beginning. He talked about how the Hebrew year is 5783. You see, we don't live on the, on the Hebrew calendar. We live on the Gregorian calendar. It's 2023 for us. But for the Hebrews, for the Jewish nation, it's 5783. And he talked about it pretty quickly. Well, I wrote down some things, jotted down some notes, and came home and began to look at it. And I'm going to show you something this morning that is going to amaze you. The last number in the Hebrew year this year is three. Now, in the Hebrew alphabet and with their numbers, every number has a corresponding letter. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, and I don't understand a lot about Hebrew, but I just want to share with you what I found and, and what God showed me. Okay, for every number, there's a letter in Hebrew. Okay, the last number in the Hebrew year this year is three, the same as ours. It's three. Okay, the corresponding letter in Hebrew is the letter Gimel, Gimel, G-I-M-M-E-L. Now, stay with me. I'm going to show you something amazing. It's Gimel. When you look at the letter, it resembles a man walking. The actual letter, when you look at the letter, it looks like somebody's taking a step. I mean, just to casually look at the letter, and the Hebrews recognize that. And so the Hebrew sages, the old Hebrew rabbis would say that the letter Gimel was a man walking. And then they would ask this question, where is he walking? And the answer is walking in the direction of God. Yeah, yeah. Now, God spoke that to Miss Vicki and I, stirred it in our heart. This last week, we talked about it. I believe that that was from the Holy Spirit. Then we go to Amarella. I haven't heard anything they're doing, and he gets up and talks about the number three and the letter Gimel, and I went home and began to study it, and all God is doing is confirming in you and I this morning that God wants us to do what? Walk in his direction. He spoke it here, and he spoke it in Amarillo. Now, I love it. You've maybe experienced this. I don't know if you have. I love going to church occasionally at other places, and they'll be saying the same thing we're saying. God will be speaking the very same thing. God is speaking to the body of Christ. So there's one more thing the letter Gimel means besides a man walking, besides walking in God's direction. It represents a camel, a camel. Let me tell you something about a camel. I don't know a lot about camels, okay? I don't know a lot about Hebrew, and I don't know a lot about camels, but I found something out about camels. Camels can drink an enormous amount of water at one time. Probably everybody knows that. 
They can drink so much water that they can travel for up to a week in harsh desert conditions without any more water. They can drink, take it in, take it in deeply, and then go on a journey with whoever's taking them and go a week, and the wind can blow, the dirt can blow, the temperatures can be high, but they don't need water, and they will survive for another week. Let me read you a verse. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, Jesus is at the well and he's having an encounter with a woman and they're talking about having a drink. She's talking about natural water. He's talking about spiritual water. The woman said to him, sir, you've nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, excuse me, who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Don't miss this. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Talking about the water in the well. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Listen to me. Jesus wants you to drink from him deeply just like a camel drinks deeply before it goes on a journey. When you come into the house of God, when you read your Bible, when you pray, God wants you to be just like a camel. He wants you to drink deeply. Jesus identified himself to this woman as living water. The Bible is called the living water of God. Every time you read your Bible, you're drinking in the water of God. Every time you come into church and you worship and you hear the word of God, you're drinking in the life of Jesus Christ. Listen, God doesn't want you sipping. He wants you drinking deeply. You ever come across those guys? And I know you've seen them. We may have one in here this morning. <clears throat> if you're here, you don't have to identify yourself. But they have that big old huge jug, that thick plastic jug that you get from all subs or from one of the truck stops. You know, them big old 64-ounce cups with that big old handle. Uh, usually truck drivers have them. And they're big. You've seen them, right? You know, they're not like this. No, no they're not like that. They're them big old huge plastic one with the plastic lid. And they carry it around with them everywhere they go. And I always think, man, you need to get a bigger cup. I mean, I don't know what they're drinking out of them, but they're big and they're full. Listen, don't miss this. God wants you to walk in his direction. And when you do, he wants you to drink deeply from him. Receive what he has for you. Now, we talk about this in church all the time, that when you come in this place, you flip on your expector. You turn on your faith. You plug in. You come in and say, God, I need something. God, I need a word. God, I need help. God, I need encouragement. You don't just come in and sit and get up and leave. 
Benjamin Franklin said, he that expects nothing will not be disappointed. Amen? He that expects nothing is going to get nothing. But when you show up in this place, you bring a bucket in each hand. And you come in and say, God, I'm here for some water. I'm here for some word. Lord, I got a drink, and I want to drink deeply. Several years ago, Kurt and I were mowing lawns. He came in and said, hey, Dad, I want to be in the mow some lawns and make some money to go to school. And I said, great, I'll help you. <clears throat> so he and I started mowing lawns. And I fell in love with it. Kurt hates mowing lawns. I love mowing lawns. And uh, one of the things that we would do in the summertime, you know, when we'd start mowing, we'd start early in the morning. And, you know, it's not that hot in the summer in the morning. It can be in the 70s here. And then throughout the days we would mow, the temperature climbs, the temperature rises, and it, and it would get pretty hot. So, I mean, one time we were mowing and we drove by the bank and it said the temperature was 107. But we're outside all day, and so you kind of almost get used to it and you don't notice it. And then we would carry a jug of ice water with us, and when we would take the lid off that ice water and get a drink, that was the sweetest water I had ever drank. Now, it didn't have any sugar in it. It wasn't Gatorade. It wasn't Kool-Aid. It was just good, cold, plain water. And it seems like that doesn't happen unless you're hot and dry and thirsty. And then you get a drink of that cold water, and it, it's just sweet, and it's refreshing. Now, you know, occasionally when we'd mow, we'd need a part or something. So, you know, you go down to the case house or, you know, you go down someplace to get a part. And when you go in those places in the summer, they've got the air conditioner on about 65. And, and you know, and they're in there behind the counter. And, and you go in, and that cold air hits you. And the first thing you think is, man, it's cold in here. Because I mean, you've been outside all day. And you go up to the counter, and when you lean on the counter, the guy across the counter says, Man, it's hot. And you say, you're in here and it's 65. You're in the refrigerator. It isn't hot in here because you're used to that heat. Now, don't miss this. God wants you to drink from the sweetness of his word from the sweetness of his presence, from the sweetness of his spirit. And all you got to do is open your heart when you come in this place. You know why I throw my hands up? Because I'm making a funnel. That's why. And I want a funnel so that stuff can flow right through me and right into me. And you come in and you say, man, God, I want a drink. I want all you have for me. Now, let me go to another verse. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Excuse me. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now, the very first thing he says, he's talking to husbands. And he says, hey, men, if you're married, you're supposed to love your wife the same way that Jesus loves the church. Then he talks about Jesus' relationship with the church. Listen to what he says. Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That verse right there says that God's word is holy spiritual water. And it says that when you feed on God's word, it sanctifies you. The word sanctify means to be made holy, to be set apart. That's what the word holy means. Listen, holiness is not action, it's position. 
Now, don't miss this. We know I don't go to the movies because I'm holy. Well, you're wrong. That's not what holiness is. Are you with me? Holiness is a position in Christ. How do I get holy, pastor? You receive Jesus as your Savior. And you are called to a purpose. You're sanctified by Jesus Christ. Are you with me? All right, now, can you put the verse back up for me one more time? It says, just as Christ loved the church. Listen, you're the church and you're loved. And he gave himself for her. Can you do the next part? That he might sanctify, cleanse, or make holy her, us, with the washing of water by the word. Listen to me. When you read God's word, you know what it does to you? It washes you. It refreshes you. It renews you. Are you with me? When you come into church, allow the water of the Holy Spirit to wash over you. Allow the Spirit of God to refresh you. Leave this place refreshed. Leave this place encouraged because you've drank deeply just like a camel does. Then here's the thing. Now, lately, have y'all noticed the wind's been blowing a little? Y'all notice that, amen? All right. Now, that's physical wind. Okay, but sometimes the spiritual wind blows in our life. And have you ever felt like that before? Like in your life, you're walking into a 50 mile an hour headwind and that sand is hitting you in the head and hitting you in the face and there's dirt and you're dry and you're tired and you're worn out. I know a lot of us have experienced this in our lives. And listen, here's the thing, that camel would drink and then it didn't matter how windy it was, how dry it was, that old camel is just trudging along, man because he's had uh, something to drink. And he didn't sip. He didn't get a little. He drank and he drank and he drank. When you do the same thing, it doesn't matter what storms are in your life. It doesn't matter how bad it is, how hard it is, how dry it is. You just keep right on trucking because you got Jesus Christ and you've been drinking from the well. And you drink from Christ the Bible says that when Moses and them drank from the rock, the rock was Jesus. And water gushed out of their physical water. And that Jesus was that water. Here's what else the Bible says. That the devil looks for dry places. The devil loves dry places. What does that mean, Pastor? It means that when you're all dried up and shriveled up and you're spiritually dry, that gives the devil an advantage. You don't want the devil to have an advantage in your life. You know how you keep him from doing that? You drink regularly. You get that big old bucket and you drink out of it regularly. You read your Bible regularly. You pray regularly. You get in the house of God regularly. And you show up with your buckets and you say, God, fill her up. And then you leave refreshed and you leave encouraged. Here's the last thing Chuck Pierce said about this. He said, it's your year for supply. Your year for supply, listen to me, with God, all things are possible. God is your source, God is your supply, and God is going to meet your needs. And it doesn't matter how dry it is around you, how much the wind is blowing around you, what your bank account says, what your doctor says, whatever's going on in your life, you just keep walking with God, you keep drinking, you keep reading, you keep praying, 
And then you know what happens? You're refreshed, you're strengthened, and you're renewed. The sages would ask, where's that man walking? Well, he's walking in the direction of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that just so encourages me personally. It's so easy to walk in God's direction. I know the moment I changed. You do too, Vicky, don't you? I remember the moment we changed and we decided. You know, I went to a party one time before I was walking with God and got plastered. And we're young married. Then we got home and we had a huge fight. And I tried to rip the freezer door off the refrigerator. Seriously, I was an idiot. I'm right? Come on. Somebody say amen. Yeah, thank y'all, man. Okay, why am I telling you that crazy story? You remember, don't you? My grandparents, wasn't it? My grandparents gave us that refrigerator for a wedding present. And when they came over to my house, I had to lie and sin again. And what happened to the refrigerator? Ah, Vicky did that. Or the dog did it. I don't know, something happened, right? But it wasn't me. Why why am I telling you that? Because at that time in my life, I was not walking in the direction of God. Now, don't get me wrong. Now, don't miss the point, okay? I started walking with God, and I've made mistakes. I've done dumb stuff. I have fallen down. I've had to get back up. I'm not saying once you decide to walk with God, it's not, no, it's no, it's not all perfect. But I know the moment that I decided I'm walking in God's direction, and I'm going to drink from the well, and I'm going to get filled, and I'm going to get encouraged. And God said, I will be your supply. Now, I'm out of time almost, and I want to give you one more thing Chuck Pierce said. He said that you and I are in a war for divine recovery. We're in a war for divine recovery. Now, listen to me very carefully. John Eldridge says that we live behind enemy lines, but we don't act like it. Listen, you and I live in a spiritual war. The Bible says the whole earth is under the sway of the devil. Why do bad things happen? God is good. The devil is bad, and the world is broken. You and I live in a spiritual war. The devil is an equal opportunity hater. Is he greater than God? Absolutely not. Does he know your thoughts? Absolutely not. Is he omnipresent? Absolutely not. But you have a force of darkness that would love to see you not make it. You live in a war for divine recovery. Listen, if there's one thing I know about God, it's this. He's a redeemer. What does that mean? That means you've been bought with the blood of Christ, and he wants to put your life back together. He wants you to recover. He wants you to find hope. He wants you to find help. He wants you to find wholeness. You are walking in the direction of God, and while you're doing it, you're walking in a war toward divine recovery. God, I want to be whole. I don't want to be broken anymore. God, I want peace in my mind, Lord. I'm sick and tired of what's going through my head. Hey, God, I need healing and strength in my body. You and I are walking into divine recovery. God wants to restore what's broken in your life, whatever that is. 
Listen, I got some areas in my life that have been broken. And God is about bringing recovery into those places. You are in a war for divine recovery. Would you stand up and let me pray for you? Praise God. I'm so thankful for each one of you. I'm thankful for your patience and your willingness to come into the house of God. As we close, would you allow me just to pray for you? Father God, I want to pray for every single person in this service. And Lord, I pray as we leave here that we are refreshed. We are refreshed by you. Lord, we drink deeply from the well. Lord, I say yes, 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 yes. Lord, I need all you have for me. And that I'm refreshed and renewed. Father, would you help us to walk in your direction? And Lord, when we fall and we mess up, that you'd pick us up and help us to stay on the path. Lord, thank you that in 2023, with you, everything is possible. Everything is possible. Father, I just declare your life and grace over every one of us this morning. Listen, if you're in this place this morning and you'd like to renew your commitment to Jesus Christ, you'd like to say, Pastor, I've been walking in the wrong direction and I know I have been just like you were. I know that I'm not walking in the right direction and I want to turn and I want to walk in the direction of God. I want 2023 to be different than 2022. God, I want to walk in His direction. Would you just hold your hand up where I can see it so I can pray for you? I want to pray for you. Hands all over the room. Hands all over the room. Listen, if you're in this place also and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, all you simply have to do right where you're standing is say, Jesus, I need you to be my Savior. I need you to come into my life. If you need to turn and walk in a different direction and walk in God's direction, I'm going to pray in just a moment. But all you have to say right where you're standing is, God, I'm sorry. God, I repent. God, help me to walk in your direction. Father God, thank you for this service. Thank you for every hand that was raised. God, I pray you give them strength to make a change, strength to walk in your direction, a strength to turn away from darkness, turn away from hopelessness, and turn towards you. Father, I pray for those that are here this morning that have maybe never invited you into their heart before, and they say yes to you this morning. They simply say, Jesus, yes, yes, yes. Father God, thank you for what you're doing in our midst. And I'm grateful in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Hey, I love you. God bless you. Y'all go and have a great rest of your day. And I'll see you next time.